0: Oh my god
1: yep well you heard it here andrew's back with his signature pokemon catchphrase oh my god
0: oh um i will be absolutely real uh i haven't been home for a week and just as the theme music started i looked down and i saw a piece of tax documentation that i was looking for last week jesus
1: isn't that over wasn't it the 17th wasn't that the deadline
0: well it looks like uh depending on what's in this envelope uh Andrew might have to do a little more taxes.
1: <laughs> All right, we don't have time for this. Tune into in Yo Can We Live on Friday to hear the Ooh, updated saga okay. to Andrew's taxes. No, who um, knows? I'm sure it's fine. this is this is the podcast Yo's This Racist, where we listen to your racism voicemail uh, questions with the help of a special guest for guests. And this week we have one. Um, I'm Tony Newsom. That's Andrew T. And uh, we've got producer Kevin Bartelt on the on the ones and twos. I'm sorry for that, um, <laughs> but I'm very excited. Really? <laughs> I'm just trying to get through it, you know. Uh, <laughs> we don't matter. We got to introduce our guest. Um, yes. I'm very excited to introduce my friend, one of my kind of like first friends in LA. Weirdly, I know. Did you know that that was I your didn't title? Know that. In my I'm life? so <laughs> excited. I'm like, like, grinning. <laughs> maybe one of my first friends that I didn't like already have in Chicago that I like came out here mm. with me. Yeah. Um, host of wonderful podcast the stacks we have tracy thomas what's up girl yay hey. it's
2: me <laughs> yay <laughs> i'm
1: here <laughs> um yeah tracy uh, so i met tracy um she was a, an instructor at a at a spin studio and i was like i only want to take this person's classes like no shade uh, to the other instructors i was just like this is the vibe i want this is the only vibe i want this is the only music i want and so i would just always come it was like me and Punam patel um friend of the show mary Sone. And I think like Casey Wilson would come sometime. And we were all just like- And Nicole Thurman. Oh, yeah. Nicole no. Thurman. And we were like, we only want Tracy's class. So, yeah, you're the best. And you're very well read. <laughs> yes, it's true. Both things. And you guys used to all sit separately. So I actually didn't
2: know that you all knew each other. And then one <laughs> oh. day we you and weird, I were weird, talking <laughs> after class and you were like, oh, yeah, Poonam did it? And I was like, wait, you're friends. And you're like, yeah, we're all like really close friends from Chicago. And I was like, do you know that you all take class at the same time and don't sit together? <laughs> <laughs> and it was so weird. And then when I finally put it together, I was like, oh, OK, this is a crew. I get it now.
0: I think we're trying to, like,
1: give each other space. Yeah.
0: I've never <laughs> taken a spin class before, but I suspect I would want my friends not near me. That's my guess.
1: That's fair.
2: I don't really take spin class either. I teach Boom. it, so I'm by myself, so I don't really know. But um,
0: <laughs> I in think, all of know. our faces...
2: Yeah. I don't know. I have to be alone up there by myself all the time, even when my friends are there. (laughs) And so
1: when, yeah, when we first met, you were doing the Stacks, which had like a slightly different format then. And that's back when I was on the show and we had so much fun. So much fun. And we read uh, a great but weird book. um, (laughs) Home Fire. Yes. Home Fire by uh, Kamala Shamsi. Yeah. Is that right? Kamila Shamsi. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, this is exactly what I need because this podcast is going to like get me back into reading and get me out of my like rut of authors that I just kind of stuck to before. How has it been like switching from, cause you were doing both. You were like full-time teaching spin and doing yeah. this pod. And now with the world shutting down, has that, like, has your, have your attentions shifted? Well, so yes, but not necessarily because of the teaching.
2: So when I Flywheel, can I say that? I guess I can say flywheel. Oh yeah, Who I didn't cares? know if they you don't to say it. I don't care. Yeah. I worked at Flywheel. They don't exist anymore. <laughs> Goodbye, Good Riddance. Um, but when Flywheel closed, I was twenty weeks pregnant with twins, and they oh, yeah. came December two thousand nineteen. So Woo! with the, so right cool. as I was getting ready to start applying to teach again and like be back in the world and get a job. Um, three months after that, so at the end of my quote-unquote maternity leave, was, as you all maybe remember, March 2020. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. yeah. And Mm -hmm. so I don't have a spin job anymore or cycling teaching job anymore and haven't had one, but my attention has shifted fully to caring for two children who now are almost a year and a half, which is wild. Um, And my, my husband is a physician, and so we didn't really have any help because going into work um, at a hospital is pretty uh, high risk for anyone to be around you. You know, like a lot of friends like, oh, did you have a pod? I'm like, no, my pod was me and the mini Mm -hmm. stacks, as I affectionately call them. (laughs) Um, So my priorities and everything shifted, but not because of the podcast and and the the spinning, but because of the new humans who have invaded my world.
1: Sure. Yeah, that's a big change.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Casual (laughs) pandemic humans.
1: (laughs) Did you feel like, um, oh, go ahead, Andrew, sorry.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, I met a, I guess, toddler now that uh, my friend had had. And like yesterday, that was, I was just like, oh, my God, right. Even though it seemed like a year and a half on hold for me. Yeah, they're just, like they kept growing, I guess.
2: Yeah, it's so annoying. I'm like, wait. I want you guys to, like, a bunch of my friends have had babies since, too, and, like, I have family who's pregnant right now, and I'm like, my kids didn't even get to be the littlest, cutest babies at all the functions. Like, they're already just, like, 15, and people are like, oh, you know them. Like, we're familiar. Tracy, Um,
1: similarly, I'm like, you know what? I didn't get to have any red carpet premieres, so that's very similar to your
2: Mm -hmm. um, honestly, as a mother. mother. Honestly, if I had Missed out on red carpet premieres, I would be even more mad. (laughs) This is like a minor (laughs) gripe, but if I had missed out on like
1: swag bags, please. I'm fully joking. Oh, I still got the swag. They just sent it to my house and I just (laughs) opened it and sat there and drank tiny splits of champagne by myself. I was fine. (laughs) A dream. Um, (laughs) Actually, maybe I got the better end of it. Yeah, I feel like that's good. I didn't have to put on some outfit that in 10 years will put me on a shitty list. Right. She wore (laughs) that. 2020 outfit (laughs) of all time. (laughs) Now, back when I was on the stacks and the format was a little different, I noticed just in listening to like research for when I was coming on the show that you already had a really good uh, just diversity of authors. And it seemed like you really paid attention to making sure it reflected the fact that you're a black woman and you know, this isn't just any podcast about reading because a lot of them are very white. Yes. Um, yes. D- has that become even more important for you now because you're like, I don't know. I just, you know, with, with everything feeling so intense over the last year, have you, have has anything become more important in terms of representing on the show? Yes and no. So I think from when I started the show, always the reason I started the show is because
2: I wanted to talk about books that I wanted to talk about in the way that I wanted to talk about them, which to me meant, I'm a black woman, but I like to read a lot of nonfiction, which I feel like isn't very front and center in like millennial pop culture. I feel like people are always Mm. talking about the newest, latest novel, which, you know, I read them now. But I wanted to be able to talk about, you know, books about prison reform or whatever. And Mm -hmm. so that's always stayed true. I never have anyone on the show that I'm not at least interested in the author or the book, even if I end up not liking it the intent is always, like, would I want to read this and talk about this? Because unlike people who have podcasts where it's, like, about a TV show or whatever, I have to read all of these books. And it's a huge (laughs) commitment. Like, (laughs) every single, you know, guest I have. So at least I read at least 52 books a year, right? Like, at least one But I I actually read quite a bit more because it's my life now. But so that hasn't changed. But what has changed is that – when people discovered Black people last summer after the murder mm. of George uh-huh. Floyd. I remember um, we all got a lot of texts with a lot yeah. of Black heart emojis. So <laughs> many, oh my God, so many of my friends care. Surprise, spoiler <laughs> alert, who knew? Um, but with that change, there I got a huge influx of new listeners, which meant that I got sort of like clout in a different way when it came to mm. publicists. So I was able to reach out to different authors or different guests that I definitely would not have been able to get on the show Um, And so that's been able—I've been able to broaden, but it's always—I've always had a diverse roster. I definitely have had less straight white men on the show Mm -hmm. than I used to have, and part of that is just— again, my interest. And part of that is also that I'm able to reach out to like my dream list. And I don't have to rely on whoever is like interested in coming on my show. And as you know, publishing is super white. So there's a lot of straight white men who write books. So I get a lot of pitches for that. And now I don't have to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I also I always want to be inclusive. And I also am a super curious person. I have a podcast about books. So of course, (laughs) I'm interested in learning things. So If I don't know about someone's culture or someone's perspective or I've never read a book about this topic, I'm much more inclined to be like, yes, let's do it Mm -hmm. than than to be like, no, that's not my thing. So, like, for last year, I did this great book called Ace about asexuality by this woman, um, Angela Chen, and, you know, she – she's ace. And she approached me and was like, would you want to do this book? And I was like, yes, I have no fucking clue about asexuality at yeah. all. And it was such an awesome book and such an interesting conversation. And so that kind of inclusivity is I sort of just lead with what do I want to spend three to five days reading? What what do I want to talk about? What do I want to research? So that's sort of how I
1: do it still. You may be the only... It's like you're the inverse podcaster. You lean towards (laughs) things that you're like, I don't know about this and I'm curious as opposed to 99% of the rest of us that are like, please let me talk about the thing I know (laughs) so much about. And I just want to tell everyone the facts in my brain.
2: It's true. (laughs) I definitely have opened myself up for like getting in trouble about a lot of things because I'm like, I don't know anything about this. Like uh, an upcoming episode is on Anna Karenina and we get into a conversation about how much they drink in Russia. And then I'm like asking questions about alcoholism. And then I'm like, this actually probably isn't great. Like, I probably should <laughs> yeah. stop talking now. Like, I'm going to get in trouble or like mental health because in Anna Karenina, they're all struggling from like depression and suicide and drug addiction. And I'm like, I'm curious about mental health. And I'm like, maybe right. this isn't the time to be
1: curious, Tracy. Get a grip. You know what they say? Curiosity canceled the cat. Am I right, you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Andrew, did you like that one? I was just thinking how we have the opposite
0: approach. We're just like, we don't know. We just talk about how little yeah. we know about a thing.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I also am you. constantly saying I don't know on my show. And I'm like, can you guest who's smarter than me and has written a <laughs> book? Can you help here?
1: <laughs> Does it make you want to write a book?
2: No, I hate writing. I started <laughs> yeah. writing a yeah. column about books and it's my, I've done three months. It's once a month. And every single time I have to turn it in, I tweet about how much I hate writing and I can't understand why anyone is a writer and who (laughs) could ever want to write anything and imagine, (laughs) right. And then I turn it in and I'm like, I don't have to write again for a whole three weeks. This is the best three weeks of my life. Like I hate writing and I'm terrible at it, but they gave me a column. So thank you. She com. You're welcome.
1: Check you out yeah. on SheReads.com and we'll know reading it that you hate it every I hate before. every second of it. Yeah, no problem. Um, well, listeners to the Friday show will know that um, I I plugged Tracy a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, mainly because Andrew has been trying to look for new new authors to yeah. to read because he looked at his bookshelf oh and boy. It, it weren't
0: good. It was it was real grim. It was one of those things where, well, two things happened. One is I realized I hadn't done any. This is, you uh, yo can we live listeners will have heard this already, so I apologize. But um, I hadn't done any, like, reading of literally anything that wasn't somehow work-related for, like, at least mm. one or two years, maybe two or three. Mm. And then I looked at my bookshelf and I was like, good God, every book that I haven't read is at least by a white person, usually by a white man. So that that felt real bad. So, yeah, I brought that up on uh, Yo, Can We Live? And uh, Tawny mentioned the stacks and... Mm-hmm. Here we are?
1: Here we yeah. are. Thanks, funny. Like, oh, of course. I was like, well, first of all, we should have Tracy recommend books for you. So we're going to do that on the Friday mm-hmm. show, y'all. So if you can, if you tune in, if mm-hmm. you tune into that one, you'll get Tracy's recommends too. But um because this one, unfortunately, we have to do the racism voicemails that everyone knows and loves so much, <laughs> every, that everyone tunes in for, the voicemails about racism. I think loves um, is critical. They love it. They love yeah, the racism. They love the racism. And when we don't do the racism, they get very sad. <laughs> okay, so... Quickly in terms of current events, uh, you know, last week with Matt, um, we talked a little bit about what's happening in Palestine. And the only real Mm. update for me is that, uh, uh, you know, again, what I said last week, I just want to repeat that when being careful with our language, if you're being careful with your language, it is very easy to keep anti-Semitism out of your your mouth when you're criticizing Mm -hmm. the actions of a very powerful government. Um, But for some reason... For some reason, people are not able to do that, and that's that's all I have to say. And I'm really not talking to any of our listeners, so it's almost a moot point. But because I think we all get how to not say "Jews this" and "quote Jews that." I think we get how to say what Israel is doing is bad. Yeah, that's all it takes.
2: The thing that I found really interesting in the last week is this shift of like now we're we're supporting or we're I don't even know how to say it right. And yeah. but, like, that we're now we're really pushing this um being anti anti semitism with, like, these blue squares and this whole, like, really performative mm-hmm. moment that is completely missing the point and, yeah. like, is not related to the conversation. And I will just be super forthcoming that I am Jewish and Black and a woman. So I feel like I'm at many intersections currently mm-hmm. of just, like, life is hard and things are shitty and I've experienced a lot of these things. And for me... The posting of the blue square and the like, I don't believe in anti-Semitism and I love the Jews, period, yeah. <laughs> exclamation point. Like to me, that pisses me off. That like makes yeah. me angry because I am fed, I'm just like fed up with people missing the point in my name. Like the same thing's mm-hmm. happened with Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter where it's like, I love black squares and I now buy like, from <laughs> Black businesses. And I'm like, you're also missing the point again. Like, right. and I don't I don't know what the thing is. I want to come up with a really beautifully colored square that's like, stop missing the point. Stop missing yeah. <laughs> the point hate. Like, you're dumb. Please get yeah. off social media. Like, that's where I am now. I'm not even like, it's like not even worth it, you know? And I yeah. don't know if you guys are feeling that way where it's like hard to even want to discuss anything because it's like the people who get it are getting it and the people who aren't getting it are super excited to have content to share that is a blue square or or a little bit neutral. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because the squares are very neutral in a way. Yeah. And like a black square doesn't say a black square doesn't say defund the police. A blue square doesn't say, you know, it just says like, I'm not for anti Semitism. Or I'm not for you know, which is like great, none of us are. You're not saying anything. What you're doing is appearing to take a a a position that you're And distracting
2: from the original conversation. Right. You know, right. like the conversation about what's going on in Palestine and I- Israel or whatever, like what that conversation is not a conversation about anti-Semitism. Yeah. If we want to have the conversation about anti-Semitism in America, there's a real conversation there. And we can start that conversation by talking right. about the huge uptick in anti-Semitism since Trump's election. You know, yeah. like that is a real conversation and I'm happy to have it. But that's not a conversation that should be ignited in yeah. the f- shadows of what's going on. you know, Like, that's the thing that makes me mad. It's like the conversation, like, if you want to have the conversation, let's go. Where were your yeah. blue squares when they were ch- marching in Charlottesville saying yeah. Jews will not replace us? Like, that's yeah. a great place to post that blue square, you know? Yeah. I, I would a
0: little bit argue that the timing of it kind of is like, I mean, conflating anti-Semitism with Zionism is also a political statement, that yeah. mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, I think a lot of people posting blue squares thoughtlessly are a little bit being played or mm-hmm. very yeah, severely sure. being played, you know. But it is, I mean, it's a classic thing, right? It's like the claim of anti-Semitism when you criticize Israel, I just think is frankly a little anti-Semitic myself, but I guess, yeah. you know, not my <laughs> voice to say. anti-Semitic. But it's, it's also not like Israel thing.
1: isn't, Israel's yeah. full of not just Jews too, so right. which is also so... You know, in America, we're so dumb about other countries. So it's it's not it's not surprising that people are just like Israel, Jews only. Right. It's like, no. Um, I mean, I think
0: it's sorry, just real quick. I think the the easy way to do it is. That is Meghan McCain and Ted Cruz's position. So you know, just 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 you know, do the opposite. Yeah, yeah, that's
2: right. And I mean, there's the whole thing where it's like people want to say that Israel's not an ethno state, but if it's not an ethno state and you're criticizing the state, then how are you also criticizing an ethnicity? (laughs) You know, like that's so if you're if that's the connection, then maybe it is an ethno state, and that's a different conversation. There's just a lot of conversations that have been boiled down to a blue square and a thing that says stop. I don't know if you guys saw the meme that's like. The, the whatever the square that's like stop hate against Asians stop hate against oh, yeah. and then there's it's like stop hate against blacks
1: and I was like ooh, ooh <laughs> you don't put the S
0: on it <laughs> who did that don't. anybody who
1: puts the <laughs> oh, S on yeah. it you've never had a black person in your I, house for dinner like, I'm ooh, just ooh, gonna not say blacks,
3: it not black so
1: aggressively
0: actually <laughs> There's, I I think if we're looking, if we're talking about the one that I I saw, that one has the secondary, um, you can tell this was made by someone who doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. Because it also said stop Christian hate. Yes. Which is like, what are you...
1: Yeah, and here. it what? said LGBTQs what? hate or
2: something. <laughs> it was a mess. Q's.
1: LGBTQs. <laughs> yeah. It was a mess.
2: Anyways, yeah, that's my only current event ever this yeah. week. I feel and no, basketball, that's... but that's not political or right? anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you and Jason Concepcion should get together and chat, please. Um, I would love that. Love him, huge man. Heard him on your no, show a few I... weeks back. Love. All right, he's the best. Um, he should do the stacks. I'm sure he's very well, way more well read than me. So if I did the show, he can certainly <laughs> do it. <laughs>
0: He is distressingly well-read, I'll just say.
1: <laughs> yes. He might make me um, look too stupid. <laughs> you know, you put this really well, and i the only thing I want to add is that what we are not— just to be really clear, because I think that what Tracy's talking about is how everything's getting boiled down to a blue square, and and that is an oversimplification and sometimes just downright incorrect uh, yeah. sum- summation of what's happening— And so I think it's just so important to be clear with language. So I want to make clear that we are not saying that there is not a rise in anti-Semitism. We understand that there is. We also understand that there are a lot of reasons for that. And people, you know, there have been a few stories about people going into a sushi restaurant in West Hollywood. That was one story and saying, quote, who's Jewish? Someone identified as Jewish. And then they beat this person up. This is I haven't confirmed any of this, but these are all these stories that are floating around um, social media about people getting beat up. And while I do not doubt that things like that are happening, to say that it is because of people's online or vocal support for Palestine is the reason is a huge misunderstanding of who the type of people who beat up Jewish people are. Those are not supporters of Palestine roaming the streets of West Hollywood looking for Jewish people to beat up. That, That is not the case. So if they're using this movement to act out their own you know, regular ass um, apple pie, American white supremacy that was always there, then that's fucked up. But that is not, you know, it's not a causation.
0: Yeah. Ted Cruz can't claim that criticizing Israel is anti-Semitic and being like, oh, I support Donald Trump. Like, you can't do those two things and be an honest person. Not that he ever was. But like, yeah, they're just as usual. It's like they, they hijack the machinery of I don't know wokeness or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're using it's it's I it's the same language as the black squares which I think, you know, was performative but was like more or less heart in the right place brain not yeah. but heart hard, hard yeah. in the right place. And this is I think heart not in the right place for the perpetrator. For you know, the people that made the stop Christian hate stop right. blacks hate. Those people are are <laughs> right. cynically are cynically using the Right. In yeah. the blue square.
2: Can I say just one more thing about of about course. this? The connection between like the Black Lives Matter movement and what we're seeing now, the and not again, I agree with you, Tani, that, you know, any acts of anti-Semitism or any acts of violence against people because of their identity, you know, I'm a wholehearted not down with that shit. So, you know, again. Yeah. But one of the things that I have found really frustrating also as a black woman is that I keep seeing people posting, like, if you're not speaking out against this, but you spoke out against Black Lives Matter. I don't know. I think maybe some of it is just not attention to language. And I think some of it is also Mm. people showing who they really are in a certain Mm. way that like that if you, how dare you not speak about this if you were willing to speak about blacks, the blacks, (laughs) you know? So I don't know. There's just so many things that are going on around this. And none of this actually has to do with what's happening in Palestine. No, It's so much about how America has made it about America and how that makes me feel. And as an American, you know, like it's just really American-centric, which of course, no shocks at all to me that that's how this has gone. But it's just been really... I just, I keep thinking to myself and texting my friends and just being like, people are just really showing who they are right now. Yeah. Even like the people who are quote unquote good, you know, right. like the, the good mm-hmm. ones, my friends. Like there are people that I'm like, please take down this blue square, but I don't want to tell you because I don't want to have to talk to you about it because I'm so uncomfortable <laughs> right, right. that I know. you're my
1: friend and you feel this way and you think this is okay and like, ah! Because on the on the scale of things, they're, you know, it's not a Confederate flag they're putting up. They're putting up right. something that they think is good. You know, it's almost yeah. like okay, you're just, like Andrew said, you're being played by this whole blue square thing. Yeah, right. Also, yeah. I forget who said it, but like, why must every movement, and it's been like this since the original civil rights movement, every movement has to ride off of every what black one. people have done. Exactly. Like, you know, like, don't, and that's not a shade, and that's not a shade to the movement. That's saying like, y'all are creative. We don't need yellow squares and shit. Y'all can come up with your own thing. Like, do that so that we can, Especially so that the bigots can start to separate what's going on and not just be like, "Here they go with the colors again." Like, because yeah. you know yeah. that's what white supremacists are doing. They're rolling their eyes and going like, "Oh, another color. What's next? Green for vegans? My God! Well, listen to this episode one year, and we'll be posting green squares for vegans." <laughs> no, I'm I am with you a thousand percent
2: on on that too. Like, just the tying everything in to. Like black movements, and I know that mm-hmm. historically some of that has been really powerful because mm. the, people were able to get playbooks. Like starting at the civil rights movement, um, I I know that you know there's a history of that, but in this moment, it feels some of it feels really icky to me. It doesn't yeah. feel like it's like oh we're inspired by what happened. Like I I will say um, in March, I felt like some of the Stop AP AAPI Hate movement, I felt like that was more collaborative with black mm-hmm. activists in a way mm. that was like. Oh, we're taking this moment to sort of point out other things, and I also felt like they were doing their own shit in their own way. And it was like we're taking some ideas, and then we're also like doing our own shit. Do you feel differently, Andrew? You're kind of I, smirking. I do,
0: yeah. And no, I'm not. I'm not trying to smirk. Sorry. I'm more just like ah, well, because specifically the yellow squares was. I didn't by, even see yellow squares. Well, it, it, so it got taken down really quickly, but it okay, was by good. it started by like a group of like, you know. The Hollywood-ish uh, Asian see. folks who are uh, very comfortable. I'm devastated
1: with- to if someone were to call me Hollywood-ish, I'd yeah. be devastated. What else have I been doing this whole time? <laughs> Jesus. It,
0: I mean, it, it is exactly where they are. Um, it, it, it is like a more cultural appropriation type thing. Mm. Those folks. Uh, very comfortable being at least passively anti-black in the model minority shit that they embrace. So so I maybe, and again, I'm maybe exposed to the wrong side of this or look, at, look for the wrong side of this, but I was actually really sad that so much of the Stop AAPI hate was like co-opting the mechanics mm. of Black Lives Matter without like the, you know... At one point, we had a very strong allyship between Asian the folks and black folks. Yeah. Right. And that has, um, that is much diminished from what it was in this, during the civil rights era. And I personally, and this is not a popular thing, but some shit I say all the time, really place the blame at the, fe- I mean, it's, East Asians embracing model minority stuff, which was foisted upon them by white people, but really running with it and taking the attendant anti-blackness with it. Okay, I Mm. can breathe, sorry.
2: No, Um, I'm with you with that. I I don't disagree. I think that my point is more that, I didn't see the yellow squares, thank God, because I would been in a tizzy. But I do feel like some of the things that I saw, I was like, oh, this feels like, really organic to mm. some people in those communities versus like we want to do what we saw black people do or whatever. I mean, you know, black people yeah. make the culture. Sorry. I hate to break it to everyone. Like, yeah, man. We like black we is the culture. Nothing, for yeah. Sure. And so I get it. And also like there have been results. So I understand why you would want to co-opt certain things, but I, I fully hear what you're saying, Andrew. And I agree with so much of that. In one of the things about having a book podcast and reading a lot is that I get to read a lot of people's opinions about a lot of things. And there are some really great books. I mean, I'm sure you all have heard of Minor Feelings by Kathy Park Hong. I mean, it's a great book and it's about the Asian experience and reckoning with race. And she talks a bunch about you know, anti-blackness and model minority and how that came to be. And it's a super interesting read. And I know people have been foisting it upon everyone since March, but it came out in 2019 or 20 or early 20, whatever. It's, it's great. And you should read it if that's, if this conversation, this part of this conversation is interesting to
1: anyone. Yeah, that does sound good. Um, I, yeah, I kind of had a question about books like that, that as you said, people start to kind of foist on you Mm -hmm. when these movements happen, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like you said, when black people were discovered, um, last June, um, Thank you everyone for discovering <laughs> us um, you know uh, th- those Igioma Luo books were going mm-hmm. around the uh, you know they they're always like kind of the standard reading list that you right. sort of get and it I wish my brain didn't do this, but it makes me turn off towards those books a little bit sure. because everyone's pushing them around and it just like is on every white lady's Instagram story to show right. that she's you know doing the work <laughs> or whatever and I wish I didn't feel like that but do, does that happen to you or do you go no, I'm gonna like dig in and like really read these books? So it
2: depends. I am very interested in race. And so I had read most of those books before last summer. Um, Like I had Ibram Kendi on the podcast in 2019. Um, His book, Stamp From the Beginning, is a great, it's an incredible book. I highly recommend it. It's uh, it's more academic than How to Be an Anti-Racist, which is a fine book, which I don't recommend nearly as much. I had read White Fragility before, and I know that that's really like people have a lot of feelings about white fragility. I actually think it's a really great book for white people to read. I know a white <laughs> woman wrote it. I, I, it's not the only book you should ever read if you're white, but it is a sure. good one. Um, uh, Ijeoma Oluo is incredible. Her, how to talk about, or so you want to talk about race. I read that after everything, like last fall, and I was really impressed. I thought I was going to hate it because I do sometimes get like that. But her newest book, Mediocre, it's all about white male mediocrity in America, and it is fucking great. Definitely mm-hmm. read that. And she came on the Stacks also last fall. Loved her. She's so yeah. great. Must. It's one of my favorite episodes. So yes and no, I do turn away from those books, but I also read them generally. Like, sure. they're mm-hmm. books that I already had read or books that I already owned or books I was interested in. So it wasn't like, there. I don't think there are any that I saw that I was like, like, I didn't read Me and White Supremacy. I didn't own mm. it and I haven't read it, but I've heard it's great if you're white. Um, I hear it helps. I don't. It's like a workbook. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: by Layla Le- Saad. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, I I tend to be like I send. I tend to turn my nose up at those race based books because I'm like I live it. I don't need this. But yeah, I is, think there's more interesting it. ones than the I like
2: those. I call those race racial self help. And like mm-hmm. as a genre, I find I I tend to read them because they're sort of easy reads and I'm interested. I'm curious, but I tend to find books about like like, history written by academics much more interesting. So, like, Carol Anderson, um, she wrote the book One Person, No Vote, all about voting rights. And she also wrote the book White Rage that did appear on some of those lists. But she's a real major academic, and she breaks the shit down and is citing source material and is giving you an education in a way that those racial self-help books are not as much. And her Mm -hmm. new book, is out June 1st and it's called The Second and it's all about the Second Amendment and I just finished it a few days ago and it is so good and it's about Black people and the way that the Second Amendment has been used against Black people and mm-hmm. how Black citizens don't have the same rights when it comes to gun rights and and it's so and it starts at the founding of America it starts before that it starts in the Revolutionary War and it takes you all the way up through Brianna Taylor and it's really, really good. And it's only 165 pages
0: and oh,
1: then like that's easy. 100 pages of notes. Everyone can do that. <laughs> yeah. It's Everyone so Everyone can good. read that. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, so those are the kinds of books I like more.
0: One other thing as we were talking, I just remembered because I was talking about how Asian people used to hold it down significantly more in the civil rights movement. It was this last week Yuri Kojiyama and uh, Malcolm X's uh, shared birthday. And that is shared both bonkers. Birthday. But, um, you know, I think that's uh, Asian people didn't always used to be like this. And I will say, actually, and this is this is I'll, I'll put the silver lining on the general Andrew attitude, which is like I do think, um, as Tracy sort of pointed out, like the the stuff, some of the stuff we have been seeing coming out of stuff mm. AAPI hate has been very productive and has been collaborative and like working with um, black folks in a way that. Um, and the general, like you know, justice <laughs> movement has been, um, to me, mm-hmm. I you know, as someone who sucks and thinks <laughs> is worried about Asian people in general, like I've just been very heartened by some of it. So that's as good as it gets.
2: <laughs> I like that. Also, Lorraine Hansberry. Lorraine Hansberry also shares a birthday with them, May nineteenth. Wow. Or, yeah, May nineteenth. Oh, yeah, big day author
4: of a uh,
1: playwright, raisin in the sun. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Did y'all hear that that Wait, that raisin in the sun that was on Broadway, like what eight years ago or something? Yeah, with, like fully show was P Diddy in somebody? it, and he needed oh. he needed cue cards. I think. Oh no, is that common knowledge, or am I spilling a Broadway story that someone told me a long time ago? I've never either way, heard that, well, but I that's, love that. that's true.
0: Listeners either heard that or a long, like about ten seconds of beep. So
1: <laughs> I don't give a damn. I don't even know who would have told me that I could be getting in trouble. Anyway, yeah, P Diddy needed cue cards for a Broadway show. Um, cool. Let's take well, a break. We should we'll take a. Little voicemails? All right.
0: And we're back. Oh my gosh. Um we yeah, let's okay. We what a, a surprisingly rich first act talk. I think we we like were like, especially yes. given um I was even more underprepared than usual. So I don't know. <laughs> Just, that was dope. but That's let's,
1: okay. Tracy was prepared, to yeah, meet up for us. it
0: really did. <laughs> truly, truly wonderful. But let's let's play some uh, some of these voicemails and uh, see what happens.
3: I live in a city in Texas, I live in Austin, um, where most people have sort of come here in the last 10 or so years. So it's just become a normal talking point to kind of start a conversation by saying, where are you from originally are you from Texas or from elsewhere? that kind of thing, um, just because normally they're not. It's interesting to hear where they're from. But recently I started a conversation with someone that way on Tinder, and they, I am now rightfully assumed, so um, that I was kind of asking that sort of, are you from here, like implication of, hey, you're Asian, I'm assuming you're not from America, that kind of thing. It's obviously not what I meant, <laughs> but it made me get to thinking, is there a better way to sort of phrase that question of uh you know genuinely asking kind of are you from texas or another place versus you know the implication that they're not from here um anyway thanks so much love the show
1: Bye. Mm. (laughs) Austin is full of full of transplants I have like four friends who were diehard San Franciscans and they've all moved to Austin in the last 10 years
0: I mean I think uh, you know I think many many of us mm. Is this true? I'm about to say a thing that it probably is going to belay quite a lot of privilege uh, are, are at are living in cities of transplants. Um, that probably is mm. just a real ignorant thing I just said. But I, I currently live in a city of transplants, Los Angeles. Yeah, but so the, the listener's question, the caller's question is essentially like, how do you ask what city in America you moved from or what city in the world you moved from without making it sound like you ain't from around here, are you? Which is like two sides of the same coin. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um yeah. Is this more of an Asian thing?
1: No, I sorry. just... No.
0: <laughs> I, cause, I mean,
1: as two light-skinned yeah. black women, I'm sure we've gotten the like, where are you really from so many times that I'm like... Uh, I tensed up at this call. Yes, I don't know I, you, I wanted to vomit.
2: Um, also, <laughs> Just the whole call made me very uncomfortable. I, I think that you could just use the words that you mean. Like you could say, are you from Texas? Or you could say, maybe you don't have to ask also on Tinder. Maybe you could wait till you meet in person. I know the <laughs> pandemic's opening up. Get that vaccine. Get out there in the world. Start talking to the person. Get a sense. Because then maybe they mm-hmm. might just casually offer the information. Because does it really matter right now? when you're swiping early onset, Like, maybe just wait a second. I don't know. But if you really must know, and you're like, I need to know if this person is born and raised in Austin. Like, this is a (laughs) deal breaker. I think you could say, I am from Austin. I'm born and raised here. I love being here. How long have you lived in the city? You know, like, you could make Mm -hmm. it very specifically about Austin, as opposed Mm -hmm. to saying, where are you from in the country or the world, (laughs) sir, ma'am, or other. Like, I, I just feel like you could just say, reframe it and offer, because obviously you're very proud about being from Austin for real for more than 10 years. So maybe be like, I know Austin so well. I grew up here. I'm from here. How long have you been in the city? Boom, you're flirting. You're going to tell them about your favorite <laughs> burger joint. Have
1: you had barbecue? It's a date. <laughs> have you had barbecue? <laughs> I, I'm taking notes, man. I want to go on a date now and be like, have you had yes. barbecue? <laughs> um, the, I love that. Yeah, I love that it, it is such a fine line between like what what exactly what the caller saying, like wh- what country are you from? And just like di- which, which elementary school did you go yes. to? Like, are we cross town homies type of a thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not originally from if you're not the caller, and you're not originally from the place that you're in. Like I'm in L.A., I could say I spent a lot of time in Chicago. Did you always live here? You know, like a, a self-disclosure yeah. first yeah. sets the expectation of what you're asking about, not. I think my parents were from Nigeria. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, you know? <laughs> that that
0: maybe, yeah, contextualizing it and just being clear. I guess ultimately the question is a problem because it's just unclear. Like people are bad yeah. at talking.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> evidently. I think,
2: like, just as as Tawny mentioned, as a light skinned Black woman who has been asked about my origin in a million different ways Mm -hmm. I think just like not asking where are you from is a is a great place to start like that should never be the question especially (laughs) if you're dealing with someone who is from a a ethnic group that is not white in a city that is majority white yeah. If you, or I guess you could all, I mean, you know, maybe if the person has the same identity you think as you, you could offer it up. But I do think a self-disclosure, as Tani said, yeah. is the correct answer.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, especially because it is like, I, I, I think Tracy, you said it at the beginning of this question, which is like, you'll also get there. It is like people just like short circuit mm-hmm. on small yeah. talk. <laughs> Yeah. Like the things yeah. the things that are easy to ask we'll just say white people in this case, like have different meanings when you yeah. talk to people of different races. and yeah, but because it's like, yeah, who where are you from? but blah, 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 blah. that that's the kind of thing that's like very easy when it's not loaded um, right. yeah, and
1: like, oh, what about did you grow up in Austin? Mm-hmm. yeah, that works mm-hmm. right? Because then you're like the you're assuming the positive of like, you're saying you're from here or you're you're phrasing it like you are from here yeah. as opposed to are you from yeah. here, right? <laughs> but
2: also like if it's on Tinder and you're flirting, don't you feel like you could also be like, Okay, whoever's lived in Austin longer like has to buy the first round
1: or like gets to pick where we go. Me. I don't know. I've been I married for you. so long yeah. I, know I know nothing. I mean, same. I'm Look, so lost. I, I see you doing that right, but I see somebody else fucking it up. Yeah. Like whoever's, you know, yeah. been in the States long enough. Like yeah. we're not in no, the no, I States. I mean like,
2: oh, where should it, we go yeah, for I, dinner? Well, I've lived here for this many years. If you've
1: lived here longer, you can pick. Ha ha ha. Okay, I'm the OG. Know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. know. I just think someone undocumented being like, is this bitch ice? What is this? Like, what's (laughs) happening here? (laughs) This is a great point. Again, I'm going to go back to my original
2: idea. Just wait till you meet in person and start talking about things and then get a vibe. Like they might just offer it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, I offer I where I'm thing. from constantly. Exactly. Yeah, it comes up because the, that's the secret. People of color also run out of small talk. Yeah. So we're gonna bring oh. up where the fuck we who what the fuck we are eventually. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's a great indeed. point. Oh, all right. Should we do another oh. one real quick? Yeah. Okay. I just want right? to make sure we get yeah. two.
4: Yeah. Let's do a little second yeah. voicemail. Hi, Andrew, Tanya, and a guest. Um, I am a black woman who lives in a liberal area of the state. Um, I currently am working full-time at a company and in grad school with two of my co-workers, actually. So um, we were talking about how our company is going through layoffs and what we might do, what our future plans are in case that happens. And um, we were talking to a group chat during class, um, and it was me, um, my other co-worker who's an Asian woman, and um, a white guy who's our co-worker. And um, the white guy kept kind of being down, like, I don't ever get recruiting opportunities or I don't ever get recruited for jobs. And then he said something that was, like, really effed up. He said that, like, oh, guys, I'm telling you, the white male doesn't benefit me in society right now. So uh, I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know if I should be friends with this dude anymore. I feel really offended because he basically told both of us that we um, didn't deserve our jobs or we got them just because we're people of color. So I don't know what to do. I'm uncomfortable. What
1: should I do with this dude now? What I, what should I even do? Thanks. Bye.
3: I'm going to be real
1: quick. <laughs> and then you all can give the advice you want. I am so tired of this discourse. First of all, all you have to answer is when someone says, oh, it's not easy being a white guy in X, you know, uh, career, just go, wow, you should take that up with all the white guys before you because you're yeah. not competing with me. We are and not. I'm so sick of this narrative that we are taking white people's jobs and white men's jobs you are not getting those jobs because of all of the white men ahead of you who were already given all of the jobs. And only now are some, whether it's a TV show, whether it's a company, whatever, only now are some of those institutions deciding to try to balance the scales. But they're not firing a bunch of white dudes and replacing them. So they're only trying to balance the scales with the new positions that are open. And only some of them are doing that. So if this guy is having a hard time getting a job, it is because of every chad mark and jacob before him that has already gotten the job so also, that is something he needs to take up with his fellow whites yeah
2: a thousand percent and also
1: to your f- alleged friend and
2: alleged or <laughs> whatever the fuck this to, right. to this fellow like maybe you're not getting recruited because you're sort of mediocre like yeah. mm, mm. like i don't know I, I i work really hard i'm a hard yeah. worker I have to be to be successful. Like, maybe because you haven't had to be a hard worker, you haven't become disciplined and fine tune your skills. Like, that's mm-hmm. not on the black, brown, Asian, queer, whatever people in your company and world. That's on you, my guy. Like, <laughs> I, I'm
1: sorry that you yeah. suck. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that but, shows that when you're looking at a company of people, it is still most companies are going to be majority white. And you're, yeah. you're looking at yeah. the available jobs. Because previously, all of those jobs were available to you and to people like right, you. Right. And you, you looked at all those open slots and went like, oh, any of those are for me. And now some of them may not be for you and you're losing your mind. I'd right. love to introduce you to just like a day and a person of color shoes trying to get a job. Like, I, I, I'd love for you to experience that.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think it's worth talking to someone who's just formed that opinion, really. But- if you're just on a group chat, you probably could just zip back the unemployment rate for white men mm-hmm. and nothing else cuz it's just like the facts do not you know that's not true. What what right. this dude is saying. It's just simply not true. It is not harder to be a white man than anyone else. So that's it. Like so and <laughs> if if they if they believe it, then fine and I guess that's maybe good. I mean it is good I suppose. But like I, I just if someone's gonna parrot something so transparently, like a factual, I don't, <laughs> just don't know what what you could do. Like, right. oh, it's hard yeah. for white men to get jobs. I don't know. Have you looked at places where people work before? Yeah. <laughs> like, the <laughs> fuck are you talking about?
2: Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and for for the caller, advice for you, what to do? My advice in this situation would be to remove yourself from situations with this person if they make you uncomfortable or make you feel bad about yourself and your work and whatever Mm -hmm. because guess what? You're all in the same room. You're all in the same group chat. You're all in the same class. So, you know, you deserve to be there and he can suck it. But also (laughs) if you feel, and like I would definitely not say anything to him now at this point. I would just move on, you know. Mm -hmm. I would zip it up and just be like, I don't, I don't. it's not even worth my energy. But if you felt like you needed to say something, I mean, you could be like, hey, Mark, um, You said some things that were pretty hurtful and you implied that, you know, Mm -hmm. Samantha and I don't deserve to be here and you're blatantly wrong. And if you ever do it again, I'm going to make sure that you never hear the end of it and that this is communicated to the authorities. Because I call the police on white people now.
0: <laughs>
2: like, I, I just don't think there's anything Crazy. to say to him. I, I don't yeah. call the police yeah. on anybody. I'm very strongly defund the police. No, I'm not calling is. the police. Kill
1: but I'm calling me. it
2: on Mark. I'm taking In it to your boss. this this yeah. is the
1: only situation where you should be calling the police. Is this on is Mark what the on small on the funding
0: of, <laughs> po- of police dollars yeah. should be going to, is arresting Mark for his violence. Oh, I was going to say, I mean, if he's really having trouble for a job, you could just call the police to send him a job. Application. Oh, that's a good uh, idea. So. Yeah. I
2: feel like just Mark would be a very go good police there. officer. Yeah. He seems to not see color as many police yeah.
0: officers seem to he's, not see. He's yeah. on the right track,
2: but I don't yeah. know that there's an answer of like what to do now. I would just, Mm-mm. I would just leave it alone and continue on your studies and just, you know, do a deep, do a deep breath and fucking inhale for five and exhale for ten and
0: move the fuck on. Yeah. Fuck Mark.
1: Fuck Mark. What Sorry, I, Mark. I will. I will
0: just say. As we've been talking, there probably is a reasonable chance that the trend line for the unemployment rate for white men is going down. But again, it is not yet to the Do you think you know, it is? I don't think it is. I don't because I think it might. I think it might be. I think that all that hillbilly in- elegy shit not in Hollywood. No, not in Hollywood. I was but gonna in- say that
1: yeah, in our in our little bubble, I don't think I think maybe
0: maybe in the United States. But I think
2: that if it is going down, which I don't think it is, but if it is, I think in general, at least in the spaces that I'm in, it's because it it is because the talent pool is like people of color, women, queer folks, like people who have been excluded are actually really fucking talented, creative, and amazing. And so when you're held up against someone who got into school because of their daddy or because of their skin color or because of their connections, all of a sudden they don't hold up so good in that interview up Mm -hmm. against someone who's like I busted my ass here's all that I've done and all I've accomplished because at least for black women like so many black women are so overqualified. They have PhDs and all this shit. And it's like, they still can't get jobs. So, you know, if that's, if you're going up against Mark and he just like graduated from, you know, I don't know, a school that's probably lovely and, you know, higher education or whatever. <laughs> like, I don't want to disparage <laughs> any colleges or anything or any undergrad. fine. No, yeah, yeah. All colleges are great and equal, whatever. But like, <laughs> you know, who the fuck knows why? if the trend is going down, the reason why is because finally people have access to these opportunities that didn't have access before. We're like
0: regressing towards the population. Yes. But that necessarily means that white men will, as a population, if things Mm -hmm. become equal, they will, yes, have less opportunity than they did. But To get to that equality, there's there's some seats at the table that are
2: going to have to be given up. That's the other thing you could say back to Mark is like, that's how it should be. You should have to compete like everyone else, Mark. And if you're yeah. not getting recruited, you should send out your resume and you should get a blog and you should mm-hmm. do all the things that other mm-hmm. people have been told that they have to do outside of regular applying for a job to get one. Because yeah. other people have to jump through hoops to help Mark to call me. Oh, yeah. Dear white I people, introducing people.
1: hoops. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here's a hoop, like a hula hoop, but for your life and money. Okay. Before we go, I do just want to say, because I know that there are. Uh, executives and agents and people that listen to this show, because y'all will tweet at us and say how much you like it, and that is wonderful, and y'all better know that if you are part of those, the reasons that white actors are saying this type of shit, if you are telling your clients or telling people, Mm -hmm. oh, we really wanted you for the role, but we had to go Latinx or we had to go queer or whatever, that is the problem. You are part of the problem. That is not why that person didn't get the role because you had to go Latinx. That person didn't get the role because all the six roles you filled before it were white. And that's what you Mm -hmm. need to tell that person. So adjust your language because you're feeding into a fucking problem even if you don't mean to be. Okay, that's it. Not my reps. They're great. I love them. <laughs> I actually do I, I, I cleaned house a while ago And I have the best reps in the world um, Okay Anyway Shout out to all representation um, <laughs> Yeah Oh <laughs> representation
0: my Representation
1: <gosh>. matters Oh <laughs> representation no Representation matters Especially when they're great um, Alright We're going to shut up We have to go and do Another podcast with Tracy Um. So Tracy I want you to tell the people Where they can see and hear more of you I know our nerd audience Is going to just eat you up And love hearing your recommendations right. Okay. So for
2: all the nerds out there, welcome to my fold. Um, The podcast is called The Stacks. It comes out every Wednesday. You can get it everywhere you get your podcasts. I also have a very aggressive Instagram where I (laughs) review all the books that I read and talk nonstop about books. um, And that is called... uh, that handle is at the Stacks Pod um, and I read about 100 books a year so that's at least 100 book reviews a year plus upcoming titles and all sorts of stuff and I post almost every single day like a real freak Um, and then I'm on Twitter but not as much because as I mentioned I hate writing um, (laughs) but that is at the Stacks Pod underscore and you can find my column that is beloved by me uh, (laughs) at SheReads.com it comes out the third Thursday of the month and it is a book pairing column. So I pick three new releases and pair them with two backlist titles that I think you would like if you oh. like or are interested in the book. It's a great idea. Execution is mediocre. Recommendations, <laughs> brilliant.
4: <laughs>
1: uh, oh, okay. I like an <laughs> honest review of your own work. Yeah.
2: And then the Sax website is just the saxpodcast.com and all my stuff is up there. And I have 193 episodes of the podcast. So that's yeah. so much book talk. Um, and you can check it out uh,
1: wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, I love it. Okay. Um. Yeah. Everyone, listen to the stacks right after you listen to yep. uh, this show on Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. You Wednesday can pause gang. it. You can pause, you can pause this show and then just go yeah. listen to Tracy's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just get it <laughs> all <works> in. <laughs> Whatever. You um. Need. All right. So, uh, Yo Can We Live subscribers, you're gonna hear more of Tracy this Friday, and we're gonna get we're gonna do a deep dive and get some hardcore wrecks for Andrew. And so, mm-hmm. you know, therefore, mm-hmm. you might get some wrecks for your damn yep. self. Yeah. Um. So check no, that out these are this custom. Friday. Okay, if anyone else Andrew.
0: besides me reads a book <laughs> that Tracy recommends. We're gonna sue you. We're calling
1: the police again. <laughs>
0: again, Mark. You're all marks we're in this. A, we're Sorry to any of the good marks somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> that we're yelling
1: at. Um so yeah, you can listen to Yo Can We Live on Fridays. That's uh if you're not subscribed, that's at suboptimalpods.com and you can subscribe to the premium show Yo Can We Live, or you can subscribe to the Suboptimal Bundle, which has a bunch more stuff in it. Um a couple people were confused uh, yeah. new listeners. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing. People are confused. There are two separate private RSS feeds that you will get if you subscribe to the bundle. So the bundle is a bunch of shows all contained in one one feed, one link. And Yo, Can We Live? is its own separate link. So mm-hmm. if you subscribe to one and miss the other, you might not be getting all the shows. So just take a look back at the site, suboptimalpods.com. And uh, if you have any issues, you can DM... At suboptimal pods on Instagram, and probably Nate or Kevin will get back to you because those are the only <laughs> people besides us that work here. Okay, that's a, that's my whole rant.
0: I was gonna say the same thing.
1: <laughs> okay, great. Okay, <laughs> no, then you I can really find got... us. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. At yo, know, is this racist on all the things? You can find us at Trondy Newman, at Andrew T. You got all yep. Tracy's handles at the Stacks Pod on Insta, at the Stacks Pod underscore on Twitter, at Kevin J Bartelt. That's it.
0: Uh, three two three three eight nine yes. seven two two three. Uh, leave your voicemails. I'm gonna let you everyone know I'm uh, pretty far behind in the mailbox. So. Business is brisk. <laughs> yeah, it's rough out there. Anyway, we get we get enough. For, you know, keep calling in. We appreciate it.
2: And thanks for having me.
1: Yes, thank you. Thanks to Tracy. Oh my gosh!
2: Yeah, <laughs> this Tracy, was so great. You, so you guys break. already thanked me, but I wanted to thank you because this was so great oh. and so fun. So thank you.
1: <laughs> oh, great. Of course. We love you. Um, I can't wait to be in a spin class with you one day again. Oh, me too, me too, me too. All right, bye y'all. Thanks. Peace. This is Suboptimal.